Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are locked on Mavericks. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of TheSmokingCuban.com. What you got for me, Isaac? Nick, did you see Denver's new uniforms? Well, first of all, let's 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 pull back the curtain and just tell everybody how long it took us to start this podcast. How how many are we in? We're like forty something in. This is take five. What is this? This is this is take five. I've jacked up my mic. I jacked up the audio. It's been rough. Nick has said this intro literally like five times to me. At one point, he froze, and I could have answered because I know exactly what he's going to say every time. And welcome, you are locked on Mavs. You should know by now. I say the same thing every day. (laughs) But uh, I did see the Denver Nuggets uniforms. They are fascinating. Fascinating? You're so full of crap. They're not fascinating. I'll give them props for this. At least they changed it. Like some of these uniforms are coming out. Yeah, exactly the same. same. And I'm like, man, now's your chance. Now's your chance. And, I mean, they went for it. They just swung and struck out. And it's like the Pacers of the West. It's, I saw somebody put up a, a screen, like a screenshot of them beside each other. That's kind of weird. <laughs> like, they're the Pacers and the Nuggets, like away jerseys. It's messed up. Yeah. Where's the baby blue? I know. And the or the 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 hammers? What were they? The pickaxes? I like those. Yeah, and the, like the with the uh, Rocky Mountains on there, and yeah, yeah. You, Where are the mountains? Did you like Cleveland's? Give me like, give me like a weed leaf or something. Like, give me, <laughs> give, give me something to differentiate between had? Colorado and everything else. Dude, what if that was their sponsor? Some like whoever the weed. biggest weed, like you know, company yeah, is out there. Yeah, I mean, it's legal. crazy. Like, what'd you, what'd you think of Cleveland's? Uh, I don't think I saw Cleveland's today. Not really interested. No. Are they different? They're, they're, they're different. I mean, I, I give teams prop for changing it, like I said, but, like, they're different. They have their, like, um, advertisement logos, like, really stands out. But I don't know what, what team it is. I'm just, you know, it's kind of like, what what happens first? Nerland's or Dallas's jerseys. Well, we have we have parameters on the the jerseys apparently. So we have we have an inside <laughs> source that says at least sometime, sometime. <laughs> we don't, <laughs> least which is what we, more than what we know about <laughs> Nerland. So no, I mean we, yeah, I mean last time I talked to somebody, they said August and for the jerseys for the yeah. jerseys. <laughs> you have to clarify yeah, that. I Isaac. talked to them back in July. <laughs> 
and they said, yeah, they're working on some things with the jerseys. It should be at August. It'll be in August, and we're nine days in August, so now we're on Nerland's watch and Jersey's watch. I just want them to change up something, like a little something. Yeah. Have you seen the 2K screenshots? I, I watched the... Do you play 2K? No. Okay. I, so I haven't had a, I, The last system I had was a GameCube. Oh, my goodness. So I... I that's one of the few games I buy every year. I keep my so I keep my Xbox. I have Xbox One, and I obviously don't get to play anywhere near like I used to in high school. But there's always a couple games I buy each year, and I still play with some of my buddies back home, some of my best friends I grew up with. So sometimes whenever I'm not writing, I'm not doing my full time job. I'm not with my wife, I'm not with any you know hanging out with friends in Dallas, and I have like a weekend night off. I'll text my buddies from back home, like, man, let's play something. And But I buy a couple games every year, and it's always, like, probably the Call of Duty. And then I buy the NBA 2K series. And I just, I used to buy Madden, and I just, I don't know, I'm kind of out of that now. But I'm a huge 2K guy. I love 2K. I always do the My Player. I always do the franchise mode. Love it every single year. And every year, saying this, every year I'm like, they can never get better with the graphics. Like, the ba- graphics are so good right now. How can they improve on them? And then every year they just blow me away. These look insane. I mean, it just look like it's a real person. My wife had to take a double take at at the the, the screenshot of Nerlens with his. You can see his sweat and everything. Yeah. She's like, "What? That's not a picture? No." <laughs> insane, dude. Like how they pull this stuff off, and I don't know. I just want them to get Dirk's hair right. <laughs> I want them to. I think this is what I say with graphics. I've I've always wanted them to have hair that can like move around like for reeds or something you yeah know, like yeah like did you, you hear know, how they did the, how they did the zootopia movie they like had to yeah. program like individual hair strands and like they know how many there are and like obviously they did like a copy and paste situation but, you know like for for a ton of them but they like yeah. made sure that the, the hair and stuff would flow where the wind was going or if they ran somewhere that it would flow back like that what the heck yeah, I wish I wish that they they could do that with the game, but it's it's still insane. Can't wait for it. I wrote a piece. I mean, I, I wouldn't write a piece about something if I didn't like it. So trying to predict all the ratings for the team because Fultz, Fultz and Lonzo they already released their ratings and they're going to be an eighty, and it's the highest rookie uh, highest uh, rookies have been ranked coming into the game. So I'll say this: What is Dennis Smith going to be coming into the game? To me, I think he's a seventy-eight. Yeah, so I, I said 79. I I think it's just going to be right there underneath them, but it's going to be how quick. Because that's the cool thing about 2K. You know, they started a couple years ago. They start updating their ratings throughout the year, you know, every two weeks, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. And that's what we talked to Ronnie 2K. And one of our writers on the, that for the Smoking Cuban, he is, like, really good friends with one of Ronnie's cousins. So that's how we had that connection with Ronnie 2K. And we did that story with him, and he was talking about, we were talking to him, and then he was at the game earlier this year, so I got to meet Ronnie, which is, he's just, you know, different than, I mean, I've seen pictures from him, but he, you know, HB obviously got him tickets and stuff, and because, you know, they're really good friends, but he was just sitting down there by himself, chilling on like the second row, (laughs) and nobody knows who he is, basically, you know, unless you're a diehard 2K player, but it was kind of cool just talking to him about like Yogi and how they have to like a guy like Yogi 
you know, he obviously wasn't on the game. And they had to go like midseason and create this player <laughs> and put him on, yeah. put him in the game and everything. And so it's just crazy where video games have have came in the world. Did you ever have to make the transition from NBA Live to 2K? Oh, heck yeah. Last time I bought NBA Live was like on uh, 64. It was like Live 98 with like Tim Duncan on it. And is this Live set? You know, and what sucks about this is they got WNBA this year, you know? like Yeah, NBA Live cool. did. And that's huge. That's crazy. I mean, I don't know who's like, well, I don't want to like offend anybody, but I don't know who's dying to just go get WNBA and play that over. Me. You know. I want to play. I want Skylar Diggins, <laughs> Dennis Smith Jr. to be my backcourt. That's what I want. I need that. <laughs> I need that in my life. But but uh, it's a really cool concept. I wish 2K could. Because, you know, 2K's expanded over the past few years. You know, 2K, they've had, you know, like 10 EuroLeague teams. And, you know, there's full EuroLeague squads on there. So I would, to give you more of my Milos love, I would get on there and I would get on there and play like games with CSKW Moscow. That's and, all the Milos scouting you've done is just on 2K. <laughs> on 2K. <laughs> and play with, play with Milos. And so, like, they, you know, they've expanded with that. And I don't know. I've heard they're expanding with the D-League, but I don't know how that's going to – or G-League. Yeah, that's so fluid. They have to follow all that. Yeah, or at least, like, put them on the game to where, like, you're, you're my player, like, your your guy could, can like – play maybe, in the D-League. He could be a two-way guy. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I know. I like they put two ways in the game. Did they? Yeah, they they added all this contractual stuff. Like that's exactly what. In the, like they have two way contracts. They have all this stuff now. I wonder if they talked to Larry Coon about that. That'd be really funny. They like talked to him to make sure that everything was right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The the WNBA thing in NBA Live is is fascinating to me because because uh, do they make them. The, their players relative to the the level of NBA players because just just the physicality of the game it's so different. Your your centers in in you know in WNBA are six six and that's your biggest ones. You know Brittany Griner's like six eight. She's a giant. <laughs> you know like yeah. Skylar Diggins is the same height as Isaiah Thomas. So try to <laughs> try to figure that out. You know. And you're playing a game that you can't dunk. Yeah. So well, Brittany Griner can dunk. Yeah. But a part of 2K is being able to like drive the lane, shake somebody, and yam on somebody's face, and you're not really going to get that. No. So I just, I just wonder how they set that up or how they, because you know, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, there is. <laughs> no, keep on going. I was going to say the just some of the athleticism would be lesser, like less than the men's, you know, and also the ball size is different. The you know. Stuff like yeah, that. I think it's really cool they did it. I just, I wish 2K could have did it. And, whatever they will now, they'll probably, probably do it next year just take it from live because nobody's buying live yeah why not all right so you think pj dozier will be on the game <laughs> well if you if you win the bet then yes <laughs> so are we gonna bet on that <laughs> are we just double we're just doubling up or should i go double <laughs> or should i uh should i hedge my bet and, and say that he yes he will be on the game because <laughs> if you I guys don't bet was who like better who who has the better chance? Or who would make the who would make the team or make the cut? Either two way or roster spot between GN and uh and PJ Dozier. And I had GN and you had PJ. I like GN a lot. Yeah. As a player. I like his I like his, I like his confidence in his step backs that he like he's like a 
I don't know, like a and his defense. wannabe Kimba. And his defense. All right. Yeah, they made the they made the PJ Dozier signing official. They did. They made it official today, and they also signed uh, one of the Wayans brothers. <laughs> White chicks from the movie <laughs> White Chicks. <laughs> yeah, no, not one of the Wayans. He's missing missing one vowel in that name to make him a Wayans brother. But they signed Malik Wayans. Uh, he's twenty six year old guard. He's played for a couple NBA teams. He played for the. Uh, he played in the in the summer league this year for I tweeted it out today I can't remember who it was, uh, but then he also, he played for the Mavericks summer league team in Vegas in uh, 2015. Mm. So so happy about that. <laughs> so there's a little there's a little history there. Um, he played with the Wizards. He played with the Wizards summer league team this year and uh, the Mavericks two years ago. And he played in the NBA for a little while. He averaged like two and a half points or something like that, but. People are upset. People are upset because they're adding another guard to this team. And uh, Isaac, talk the people down. Guys, I'm, I'm just going to sum this up. This is how this conversation went. Dallas called Malik Waynes and his agent and said, bro, hey, we need somebody to come in and run point during the preseason. And, you know, you're not going to make the roster, but we just need a body that can play point guard and run the offense. And they're like, okay, we don't have anything else, so let's do it and hope we impress another team. That's pretty much what the signing is. I mean, it pretty much says, I mean, so like Nick said this before we recorded, you know, pretty much says that Devin and JJ is barely going to play. We know that. I mean, the veterans don't play very much. And this goes into a couple years ago when we had Justin Anderson as a rookie and we're sitting there playing in the preseason and they're running Justin Anderson at point guard just because they don't have anybody that can run the offense. And it's not just run the offense, but... You want to see what some of these guys like Dozier, Clavel, even like, you know, Kleber and Motley and some, you know, Ashley, you want to see what these guys are about. You can't really see their full potential if they don't have a point guard setting up and running the actual system. And that's, you know, it's, it affects those guys. Like this signing, I think is more in a bad way towards Wayne's. I think it's more of, okay, we need somebody to help us get a better look at so, like, on the, the Clavels, Dozier, yeah. Motley, and them. Because, you know, like, Yogi's going to play, but, like, how much, you know, they're not going to run Dennis Smith in the ground in preseason. Yogi the same. Like, you're going to see Malik Waynes play the majority of second halves in these preseason games and run the offense with the guys I just mentioned yep. so we can actually get a legit look at what these guys look like in an offense and in a system. Yep. Completely. <sighs> So it means nothing. He's not going to be on the team. I get the frustration because Nick and I, or at least we've talked about before, we wanted another wing, and there's still there's still a spot. And you know, I'm sure that you know. Let's hope it's hopefully it's a wing and not another card. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll all see. right. This podcast is the Dirk Pod. You guys, we asked for reviews for the more Dirk Pod, and we got them. We got the reviews we asked for. Thank you guys for reviewing. There'll be more chances to do that in the future, different things. So the more Dirk reviews aren't going to help you with anything now because <laughs> we're doing it. We decided to do it. So we're going to talk about a bunch of different things. Um, but before we do that, let's just take a quick break and uh, then we'll be back to talk Dirk. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while Geico could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. 
that's more like it. Furthermore, Geico has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. All right, so today we're talking all Dirk. Even though we just spent the first 10 to 15 minutes talking about other stuff, we are going to talk about all Dirk today. So we got a couple of topics I wanted to hit on. Uh, and one of those, just right off the bat, Isaac, how is Dirk Nowitzki still playing in the NBA? Because it just doesn't make any sense to me sometimes when you sit down and think about Dirk. And I do that a lot. I sit down and think about Dirk and think about his career, think about where he's, you know, where he's come from and what he does. And I understand he's a jump shooting big man, and the jump shot pretty much has kept him in the NBA. But just everything else, I mean, his athleticism was never elite. You know, he he is an athlete. And he's a you know was an athletic guy, especially compared to a normal person. But for an NBA player, the athleticism was never you know his strong suit. And then now he's you know even <laughs> lesser of an athlete than that, to say the least. How is this guy still in the NBA? You know, it's a combination. It's a combination of Dirk and really the Mavericks training staff. And Dirk will give Dirk's given that credit before uh, he gave it. You know over. What was it this off season when he was talking about just him coming back and he talked about it and I think in exit interviews too and he will be the first to credit that this training staff has put together this plan and they're regarded as you know the, people talk about it, in international scouting and medical staffs like Dallas is you know really bragged on a lot around the league in those two areas and he'll brag that that they have they have strategically put this you know, unique plan together for him from diet to pregame routines to weekly routines to practice schedules to stretching to and that is suited just for him. And he has talked about that before and that how that has helped prepare him for games. And this goes down to I mean, from like coaching on down to the the minute mark that that Dirk comes out in the first quarter when you know the fact that he starts to get you know everything going then he comes out at a certain time and he you know doesn't stay out you know just everything evolves you know with that and it's been discipline on his part you know it's a two-way street he's talked about it before we've mentioned on the pod you know he hasn't he cut sugar out of his diet and you know like eight years ago you know it's yeah. just like crazy and for somebody to play in the league that long and to stay you know, it looks like he does and stays in the shape that he does. You know, it's just, it's been crazy. His diet and it's the dedication on his part combined with the training staff's dedication to keep him. And they're evolving too, you know. They're, you know, Dirk has been aging for, you know, multiple years now. And that process <laughs> and been, that. He's been aging every year. Let's let's just make that clear. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. And, but like. You know their process and really approach with that's had to change too, and it's obviously still been working. And but it's just, and it comes down to this too. You mentioned this a little bit ago. Of all the elite skills that players can have, shooting is what stays. It'll last. And yeah, and so it's like you think of people like Russell Westbrook. He's not going to have that athleticism forever. You think of like elite shot blocking you know that can you know anything with jumping you know even like defending you know like Kawhi Leonard when he gets older I mean he can be a smart defender but is he going to be the same elite defender right and you could say you can say that Dirk still has the I mean the elite shooting ability whether that's 
you know not just spot up. Yes, you know, remember like Jason Capono, like you know, like Steve you know, Novak. Random name out there. Yeah, it's not just a hey, put Dirk in a corner. He's super old. He can hit an open three. No, it's right now. If we need a basket to end the game, I know we gave it to HB, but you're gonna give it to Dirk on the block. And there's still not very many people in the league right now that can guard him. And that's just he still has the fadeaway. He has, has the one foot separation knee that keeps players off of him and he's still seven feet tall and that's it's a it, you know we just take it i take it for granted so many times yeah being able to watch it this past year and it's just i don't know it, it's crazy that so you say how's he still playing his discipline dedication the team system and training staff and the fact that his elite skill is one of the best that's ever did it in the game was shooting and overall play and it's you know still there obviously Dirk lied to me one time this season. He he what? He lied to me. Oh, he lied to you. <laughs> one time. Lie to you? One time, Dirk lied to me. I we were in a scrum, a media scrum after a game, and I looked at him and I was like, I said, so you know, at the end of the at the end of games, you're still you're still the go to guy when they when you know the team needs a bucket, they will go to you and they will give you the ball. How do you start transitioning away from you to you know to Harrison Barnes or you know or somebody else? And he said, "Well, we don't really do that anymore. The guy still gets the bucket at the end of games. They still go to him at the end of games. That is still something yeah. they do. That was a non truthful response from from Dirk, but he was trying to push you know he's trying to push it onto you know." to Harrison Barnes and be like, that's our guy. You know, that's, you know, that's the future, blah, blah, blah. And that's totally what Dirk is, but they will still go to him (laughs) at the end of games. They'll still give it to him with, you know, five seconds to go, 10 seconds or whatever. And he'll create a shot. And the way that he creates his own shot is to me, why he's still in the NBA on top of all the things that you said, I watched this video in, uh, on YouTube today. And it's, I think it's called, um, in the details or something in the details, Dirk Nowitzki. And it's, it goes through all the different things, that uh that Dirk does and, and how tactical he is how calculated and measured every move that he makes on the basketball court is when you think about his fate his you know the patented fadeaway shot that doesn't just happen because he jumps that way and that's just the way that you know that's not like he didn't grow up and that was his jumper you know that's a tactical move then when they talk about that shot in this video which it's all it's you know really good stuff Dirk has the ball and he's usually backing down a guy. And if he can, you know, if he seals the guy behind him, so you know he does that thing, you know, that Blake Griffin does all the time, where he backs it up and hits your, you know, throws the back into the guy. If he can tell that that guy is squared up behind him and he's not going to go anywhere, Dirk will then do it, you know, turn and his footwork is perfect. He will turn and he'll fade back and his knee will stick out. And his knee sticks out, and that's super important part of this. His knee sticks out so that the defender can't get any more closer to him and still creates that separation. And then Dirk's right arm, which is his shooting arm, stays at that 90-degree angle the entire time from his hip or from wherever he takes it all the way up into his motion and then releases the ball at the highest point. And, like, all those different things are moving all at the same time. And it's just crazy that... He's so perfect at that and so disciplined. And, the, you know, the discipline in the, the food that you talked about, the discipline in the training, in the, in the regimen, and then then just the discipline on the floor to do his shot every single time. His shot and his shooting motion are the same pretty much every time unless he has to, you know, contort his body or do something, you know, crazy because of traffic. But it's, it's going to be the same thing that this video went through and, like, watch his shooting motion. His arm is 90 degrees, cocked at, at you know, just this right place, and he releases at the highest point. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. And Dirk is... 
Dirk is almost like a mathematical NBA player, you know? he. It's almost as if if you took anybody, and yes, he was gifted with, you know, the size and, you know, and uh, and skill at that point. But if anybody had his work ethic, like it's let's say if I had his work ethic, I think I could have played in the league. I might not have been great. <laughs> I might not have been good. But if I if I put as much work as Dirk did and shot that much and was that tactical in every move that I made, I could play you know a game in the NBA. <laughs> I could I could be like a two way guy. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. it, and that's a testament to just what Dirk has done and how incredible he is. Yeah, and I mean it's just. You talk about the video and, you know, mentioned it a while ago as far as that knee creating the separation and the angle in which he, he shoots the ball with his elbow, that's, you know, he draws so many fouls with that yeah. because the the point that he releases that shot, you know, his elbow is what's sticking out. It's not, you know, some players, just how they shoot the ball, their shooting motion, you can almost block like some players can almost be blocked at almost like a horizontal angle. This is really hard to explain. Yeah, like if, well, if you think about Lonzo's shot, this is some, something we talked about a lot. You think about Lonzo's shot, yeah. that guy's going to be blocked at the hip a lot of times. Yeah, and like people can be blocked at like a horizontal angle to where like Dirk, if you're going to block him, you got to come from behind him, or you got like you have to be so tall and you have to jump so early to where you're coming down almost on top of him to block it because you're not going to be at the angle to block it really at a horizontal angle and just because of how his body is contorted and the angle that he's you know he has his elbow every time so you know what where he has gotten he's always been good at this but you know since he's gotten older what's has been what's been crazy to me sometimes is just how I mean he will shoot it right in people's mugs like from three <laughs> yeah like it's it's not just, you know, he would always do that on the, on the block and the fadeaway and stuff. But, like, now, like, they pass it to him on the, on, the, on the three. And this is where experiences came from him, too, as far as knowing how close your defender is. And even some of the defenders he's played in the league and know their, you know, it's just crazy. Thing or just this, looking, though, like, at, knows, looking at their feet or their hips and seeing if, like, yeah. if they're going to move up to him or not. Like, sometimes they pass Dirk the ball. And he, you know, he's already looking at the rim. And you're like, there's no way. I mean, they've already, like, closed it out, yeah. closed out on him. And he just, I mean, goes, and that's where the, the, the legendary status of Dirk comes in to where when you're a guy like that, you have to go through the exact same motion. You can't let the offender, and he will shoot it exactly like he would shoot it wide open, except somebody is like a Serge Ibaka is just right in his grill, and somehow he shoots it over him, and he'll drain it. And it's, you're just like, most people, if I have somebody in my grill, I'm like changing up my shot, or at least altering it some. And nope, and but but that's what you got to do, you know. Especially you know, you talk about people like going for like a layup on a breakaway, and somebody's running at you. A lot of times, you just need to go up for the layup. You just need to go up for it, and like you're shooting a regular layup. Because how many times have we seen the player just stop and not even jump, and then you look stupid and you're like trying to do this crazy crap in the air and you miss the layup. <laughs> right. So you just go ahead and do it, but it's so much harder to do. You know, is to say it, and Dirk does that like with his shots on you know three pointers and right in people's faces with their hands, like right in his face. It's just, it's. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we could talk about it all day, and we almost did. <laughs> Another question I have about Dirk, and I wrote about this, and I so I wanted to do a fake like funny piece where, 
SB Nation had all these prompts for us for the summer to try to get people thinking and writing about different things. And the first question on their prompt list was, who's the greatest player in franchise history? And so it's obviously for all these different, you know, sites and stuff. Like, you know, you think about for the Lakers, who's their best player in franchise history? You know, that's like an actual question. (laughs) You know, there's just so many guys to choose from. For the Mavericks, it's, you know, the obvious, most obvious no-brainer ever. And so I just wanted to be like Dirk Nowitzki and then just be done with it. <laughs> so, but I put a little, put a little more thought into it. And uh, it's Dirk, but I put a bunch of gifts in there just for fun. And then I thought, is Dirk the most obvious statue candidate slash Mount Rushmore for a franchise candidate? Because if you think about the most obvious statues in the NBA, you have Jordan and Bill Russell and then I mean this we talked about this on a pod. We went through each franchise and we talked about who who's gonna who 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 has retired in the history of the NBA, who is the, the most obvious you know, statue to go up. And it's not I like to word the question like this. Has there been a has there been a single player mean more to the single franchise than Dirk? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that factors into that. As far as when I say this, because I think I think I could say Dirk means to the Mavericks more than what any player besides probably Michael Jordan has meant to any franchise. Yeah, because you think about like Bill Russell. Bill Russell was you know a you know forerunner for a lot of stuff in the NBA. He's the first, I think he was the first black player. I think he was also the first black coach. I think he was both. Player, player, coach at the same time. First player coach, first black player coach. Maybe it was that. <laughs> uh, but he, you know, was was a forerunner for that. Obviously, the what was it, eleven titles in thirteen seasons. Just you know, the crazy domination. Just what he me- meant to that franchise. Uh, but then they also have Larry Bird, who some people think he's a better player you know, than than Bill Russell was. So you think about that, what, the gap is is smaller there between the gap between Dirk and whoever's next. That's what you have to, and that's where we say what comes to this, you know, this decision really is because you you, know, you look at the Lakers and how many all time legends oh, have yeah. they had. There's so many. And it's, of them. it's no disrespect to Kobe. We're not talking about who's the better all around player. We're talking about what single player means the most to one franchise. So really, I I have three. I have three more that go that goes with Dirk. I have a couple more that too. I, that would be at the same level. Michael Jordan, obviously. Yep. And then I have Tim Duncan. I have that as well. And then I have Julius Irving. Oh, my last one was Akeem Olajuwon. I like Akeem, and it, yeah, I mean you, I, yeah, yeah, you could say. I mean, he won two titles, and but give you give you a case for Doctor J though. I mean, Doctor J. I mean, I think Doctor J is one of the most underrated players of all time, and yeah, you really look at it with he came into. Yeah, I'm just doing stuff off the top of my head right now. I don't have any homework on this, but like, he came out of the ABA. He had his best games and you know, best seasons in the ABA, and he was averaging. And he I still mean, took he the team like, to the finals a couple times. Yeah, I mean, he had, he won the title in '83. Yep, and you know that was that was my dad's favorite player growing up was Julius Irving. So that's that's who I would hear about all the time. Watch all these clips on and stuff, and you know, I think he played 11 seasons in Philly, and you know, he's 16 time All Star. Which is crazy. Sixteen time All Star, and you know he play- So some of those are in the some of those are in the ABA then. <laughs> yeah, but he, but he only played like four or five. You know, four or five. Uh, yeah, it's just the math the didn't work out there. But he's but that was like I mean that that was his like 
time was at ABA, and he had averaging like 30 points a game. And ABA is not the G League <laughs> like that. You know, there were arguments back then that ABA was better than the NBA, and some of their teams were, you know, that merger happened, and that was just, you know, just rocked the, you know, the NBA world. But yeah, Julius came played 11 seasons for Philly. You know, he's just an all-time legend there. I mean, I don't put Iverson. You know, Iverson's like the only Iverson, right. Moses Malone. But Iverson didn't, yeah. I mean, he to me, he's not like this all-time status as as Julius. So, and Julius did bring him a title with everything with that. So, I put Julius in that category of Duncan and MJ as the as what we've talked about as one player with one franchise. You know, so right as dirt. I I think that Allen Iverson means so much more to that franchise in in a in a way because he meant a ton for the culture. Like Dr. J was obviously he's a guy that sold tickets because you couldn't just you couldn't watch League Pass. You know, you barely could watch him on TV at that point in the NBA. They're still putting the finals on tape delay and all this stuff. You uh you had to go watch him. So he sold a ton of tickets, but Allen Iverson changed the culture, you know, of the league and of, you know, the city and like a lot of stuff. So I think he means he, I don't I don't know if he means as much to the franchise as Dr. J did because of the titles, because of, you know, just how good he was. But is he's, Iverson getting a statue? No, he's not. But no, like he's okay. he's closer to Dr. J than anybody on you know for the Mavericks to dirt. Yeah. But like Dr. J was an obvious statue. Like that that was going up and it is an obvious one. So like Iverson's not so go, I don't see going back between Dr. J and, and Hakeem, who's do you think the second best player in Rockets history? Yeah, probably Drexler. I think Yao's yeah, probably better than Drexler for the, for that team. Drexler, yeah, was so good. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say Ralph Sampson, I don't guess, but um, James Harden's yeah, going to be up there eventually. T Mac. So, yeah, I mean, I, I put, I mean, I think Drexler's right up there in Yao for sure. So, yeah, uh, Tim Duncan then. Uh, David Robinson, obviously with him, I think he's closer to anybody than you know anybody on the Mavericks. I think Tony Parker also, he's Finals MVP. You know, you know, couple all all NBAs on his resume, All Stars and stuff like that. Uh, also, his international stuff. You know, playing with Team France and all that. I think that you know is more than. I think the second best player in Mavericks history is a is a is a August Pod conversation. I think that's something. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something we'll have to do. But it, it, we're almost in the middle of August. And then, yeah, we are. And then Jordan, I think, I can't believe we made it this far. And then Michael Jordan has Scottie Pippen, who is one of the 50 greatest players, you know, incredible player. Um, I, you could talk me into Jordan being more important because just how yeah, well, how I mean, important yeah. he was for And he won six league. titles. I, yeah. mean, I mean, that's just, I mean, he won six titles, six and oh, never went to a game seven to finals, took two years off. <laughs> in between his three peats and came back and you know like was there ever a, a situation where you would want to watch the bulls let's say if jordan had never existed <laughs> you know what i mean like that's kind of what we're yeah. thinking that's kind of what we're talking about yeah and, and so if we went by just teammates you know and say who had the better teammates then yeah these other players have better teammates than dirk you know i put them on the, that category as far as like legend status to a franchise when you think about that franchise you think about this player compared to you know other players you know that's like for instance like the spurs when you think about the spurs all time you know like legends i'm thinking of tim duncan 
Yeah. I'm thinking of David Robinson. Yeah. Like, then I think about Tony and Manu, but like, I don't think it's like, it's not just right, you know, right after. It's not in the same category. Right, right. Type of thing. So, with Jordan, do you think that the taking two years off for baseball and then the Wizards stuff, do you think that kind of tarnishes it a little? No. I think it does because a little for the for the franchise. In this conversation where we're talking about this high up and what it means to a franchise. Because I mean, well, they're consider they consider to have the best the greatest team of all time. You know, in you know, and then seventy two win team. They you know, he's considered the greatest of all time player. And you can make the argument that if he didn't play baseball they wouldn't want eight straight. And Jeez. Which which have been nuts. I mean, it's just the Bulls are like it's gonna cast the shadow. You think about it this way too: when a player leaves, we already seen we already seen it with Dirk, you know, with Larry Markkinen. Oh, he, you know, we can't draft him. We can't bring him in there. He'll he'll be in the shadow. Yeah. It that same talk went into free agency when you know LeBron had his choice, and you know even like well, Melo isn't that you know as big as LeBron, but like people were talking about that. Oh, LeBron don't want to go there. He don't want to be in Jordan's shadow. You know. Did, the shadow that's been, you know, he's been gone forever, you know, for, for <laughs> he's, a while. He owns like, a different team. <laughs> so, like, who who has cast the shadow that big, you know? Like, MJ, you know, is the is it the shadow game? Is that what we're, you know, can yeah, we that, dub that? You know, who, who cast the biggest shadow? And, you know, MJ cast a heck of a shadow. Dirk is casting a crazy shadow. Like, you, who, you know, whoever the next scoring forward to come in here they he has some big shoes to fill and so yeah i mean but i i stand by that i mean i think i think dirk is right there with mj as far as what single player has meant the most to a single franchise yeah so what about um the another conversation i want to have is people call dirk the goat a lot they just tweet dirk and the goat emoji you know or just like respond that way and uh it's an interesting conversation because you're like, what is he the goat of? Like, obviously he's the greatest Maverick of all time, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it would be impo- it'd be almost impossible to pass him up. Then he's probably the greatest international player of all time, right? Yes, correct. If you say Pau Gasol, then y'all just need to stop listening to the podcast. Right, right. These are the options for you to choose greatest international player of all time. Hakeem, fair. Right? No, oh, yeah. Oh, Hakeem. Yeah, Hakeem. You can't really count Tim Duncan, <laughs> even though he's born in the Virgin Islands. You know, kind of. Let's not start that. And Kyrie then in Australia. Steve Nash. Patrick Ewing. Pau Gasol. <laughs> Yao. Yeah. You know, Matumbo. Dominique. Sabonis. Then now you're just insane. <laughs> you know, now he. And uh, Arvidas. There's three more guys: Petrovic uh, and two other guys that were in the Hall of Fame that are international players. Drazen would have been so good. Or he was, but yeah. So those are the only options. Dirk is. I mean, Dirk and Hakeem. You can argue those two. Yeah, it's just Dirk and Hakeem in that category. That's the greatest. I mean, I think when when we throw goat out, I mean, I throw it out all the time. I'm like, oh man, he's, he's a goat. You know, do we say a goat in a tweet or something like that? He is a goat. He is one of the greatest of all time. Is he the greatest? No. Is he in my top eight? No. Is he in my top ten? Probably no. And 
I think 10 to 15 is a good range. 10 to 20, that's a good range for me and, you know, all-time players. I, I We've talked about this before. I hate making all-time lists just because errors are so hard to argue and positions are so hard to argue and yeah. all that stuff. But he's a GOAT. All right, let's finish on this. Dirk is a mentor. What are some examples of things now we've been around the team for a year, you know, we've we've watched the team, we've been up close, you know, we've covered maybe for a little longer than that, but seeing them, you know, interact and on different levels, what's some what's some examples of Dirk as a mentor and how he's transitioned into that role? You know, the thing I like about Dirk and his mentorship is we don't see it a ton. And I think that speaks volumes. We we hear about it, we just don't see it. I, I know people's gonna come at me for saying something like this about LeBron, but like, he's not showboaty like LeBron. Like you see, sometimes LeBron will go like across the court and get a player, and he'll be like really animated, you know, running his mouth and like. Well, you see him coaching. You see him coach his son's team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like so, and like he knows the cameras on and stuff. You don't see Dirk doing that. Dirk's not doing any of that. Dirk will, hard, you know, Dirk's hardly grabbing a player and like you know going with him on the sidelines and stuff. But you hear about it. You hear about it from people like HB that talks about like, oh yeah, man, I've been, Dirk's poured into me so much. Dirk's did this and that and all this stuff. You hear about it from people like Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson, you know, I think it was an article, oh, it was Hoops Hype or somebody I was reading and he was talking about just how much of an impact Dirk had on him. And he was giving examples on like the team playing and like how like Dirk invited him and said, hey, like, won't you come out with us or won't you come over here and let's talk about how you can get better and like, it's that stuff. It's stuff with like Porzingis. Yeah. What are you laughing about? Oh, just tell like let me tell you how to get better, Justin Anderson. Like <laughs> that's a long conversation. <laughs> but like how many players have we heard of that's talked about saying, you know, oh yeah, you know, I worked out some with Dirk and you know, I I came to Dallas and, you know, we got some shots up and just trying to learn from him here and there and you know, calling and talking to him and how many how many players have we talked about that he's you know, that they're like, Oh yeah, we've you know We've texted and stuff. I mean, look at Maxi Kleber. Like, even though he's from Germany and he doesn't have a, a tight relationship with Dirk, and he mentioned it, they still have this. They still have numbers, and he said they've texted. Dirk has that's, Dirk doesn't have to mess with anybody like that. Yeah. <laughs> he's a young kid, you know. Like, so that's this. It's the stuff from behind the scenes that Dirk's not doing it for the cameras. Dirk's not, you know, making some animated. Hey, I'm some old timer trying to tell everybody what to do and, you know, making a big story for people like us to write about saying, right. oh, Dirk the mentor on the sideline is this and that, coaching people up and stuff. No, but he's doing it and you hear about it. And that's that's what make you know makes it so legit. And you see it in practice too. You see we see it all the time when we go to practice. And yep. he's with people like Dwight Powell doing a shooting grill. And yeah, he's talking trash and stuff too. But you also see him sometimes, you know, mumbling to each other and they're talking about different things with the ball and it's that stuff that's behind the scenes, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I I went back and I was watching a bunch of Dirk videos today, and uh, went back and I saw an interview with him and Bill Simmons from the 2014 All Star break, and uh, so he's sitting talking to Bill Simmons, and uh, the Bill Simmons asked him like, how how much longer are you gonna play? You know, everybody asked him that, and he said, as long as it keeps being fun, <laughs> you know, and. <laughs> One thing I took away from from being close to Dirk and being around Dirk a lot this past you know this year was that he still has 
so much fun <laughs> with all this stuff with those shooting drills with Dwight Powell. He was laughing. You know, there's videos online of, of Dirk and, and HB at the new practice facility, you know, shooting, you know, going back and forth and shooting and laughing about it and just seeing Dirk in warmups, you know, with guys like Jared Utoff. Like, who is Jared Utoff? You know, just like laughing with him or, you know, messing with Yogi or, you know, somebody like that or, you know, just laughing and having fun and enjoying his, you know, his life and, you know, in the NBA. And people, people, a lot of people say like, oh, why doesn't Dirk try to get his money or why doesn't Dirk? guy just loves what he does you know just why hold it against him if this is what he wants to do he's comfortable here he wants to be here and you know the guy loves what he does still and and i think that that as a mentor i think that that is infectious and that goes into other guys and it makes it you know fun to be around and, and that it made a what could have been an awful season somewhat enjoyable for a lot of guys last year you know and yeah there was times when it was awful and Dirk was really quiet and you know he hates losing and all that but you know there's also just fun times and good times last year there was a time I specifically remember I may have talked about on this pod I definitely talked about on Maps Fanatic pod but uh I don't think you were there but it was Mark Stein Tim McMahon HB and Dirk and me and Scott and we were just in we were just in the locker room after everybody was gone and Dirk and and HB were just laughing and joking back and forth, and HB made a jab at Dirk about his defense, and he said, "Well, you're the ninety four million dollar man. You gotta, you know, we paid you ninety four million dollars to play defense. You know, you can't get away with it like that." And just like joking back and forth, and then then HB made some joke about uh, Dirk had you know guarding Antonio McDice like you know forever ago, and just like bringing, yeah. up, bringing up dumb stuff. And just go, you know, joking back and forth, and it's it's just so great to have a you know a leader in the in the locker room that, that he's willing to make fun of himself and willing to you know poke fun back at other people, and he's not like you know for everything that Kobe was. Kobe, I don't know if he was a mentor, like he was a figurehead and he was an idol, like that those guys idolized him, but I don't think he was doing what Dirk does and joking back and forth with guys. <laughs> no, can't see and- Kobe doing that at all. And, you know, it's kind of like a mindset change for Dirk, too. You know, we saw a couple years ago Dirk saying, you know, I'll be around as long as it's not a rebuild. You know, I'm not rebuilding. And you've seen that shift in him, yeah. in his words and stuff, you know, just over the past year. And one of my tweets that blew up that Cuban and them, you know, tweeted out, all I did was just type out what Dirk said at the exit interviews. And I said, you know, what Dirk said and saying, like, I'm here. I'm here. Like, this is home. You know, he could have left and he could have left a few years ago and he knows that it's a rebuild. And he's, I, I know what, where we're at as a franchise. And it just comes down to, I just can't imagine myself anywhere else. And like, you like, you like, there's a part of you that could read that. And like, if you're really into like the Mavericks and stuff, like, you almost get like cold chills saying, you know, just feeling like, man, like, this is just crazy. You know, a guy like this that's like, you know, this is home. I just can't leave no matter if it's a rebuild or not. And that mindset has allowed it to still have fun. And that's, you know, when I asked Earl, what's one word to describe this upcoming season? And he said, fun. And I think it's going to be fun. Like Dirk knows the, like, even though this is one, you know, we think it could be Dirk's last year and Dirk's, you know, looking forward to it. Like Dirk's going to have fun. He's talking about, he's going to come back in really good shape. We're going to have Dennis Smith. You know, he's going to make jokes about him and, pour into him and it's just gonna it's gonna be fun it might not result in a ton of wins but you know Dirk's gonna be having fun we're gonna have fun watching Dennis 
you know, Wes Matthews might be pissed off all the time, but <laughs> nothing would, nothing, I didn't, you know, unless he, unless he gets picked off by an expansion team. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, listen, I know you say we're about to wrap it up, but the question you sent me was, you know, what to expect in his 20th season. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to hover around the same, what he did last year. You know, he averaged what, 26 minutes a game last year. I think he'll probably be a little notch under that. You know, they've tried to keep it around the, you know, a little under 30. You know, I think two years ago it was what, 32 or 31 or 30 something. 30 is ridiculous. And so last year was 26. I think he'll hover around 25. I, you know, I think they'll want to lower that sum and keep him, you know, kind of keep him fresh and stuff too. I think it'll be really interesting to see at the end of the season, you know, if this is his last hoorah, you know, do they just, you know, wear him out? You know, do they just say, hey, you just play as much as you dang want? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if he's logging like crazy minutes, you know, at the end of the season, is that a sign of something? But I don't know. I have him at like 25 minutes a game. I have him right around the same like points per game, around like 15. And, but like, here's my thing. I think he's going to, I think his efficiency and his shooting is going to go up. And that's mainly the Dennis Smith Jr. effects. Like, and, I can't wait. And to he see was the dealing with and, that injury last year. Yeah, he was dealing with the injury, but I can't wait to see the pick and pop with him and Dennis. It's going to be great. Like, you know, whoever's guarding Dirk, you got you got to at least hedge on, you know, Smith. You got to try. You got to try to keep him from driving. And that's what having this has been the biggest complaint all along is we haven't had that penetrator, the guy to get into the, you know, the lane. D wills just too slow. You know, he just didn't have that in his, it was never career. a really guy like that. Yeah. And like, he just, it wasn't a threat. And now we have Dennis that can get into the paint and it's going to draw these defenders and it might not just be Dirk's defender every time, but it's going to be a help defender and then it rotates. So I think we're going to see more open threes for Dirk. It's going to be, have better spacing so I think his three point percentage, it was, I don't know, a little past thirty five last year, thirty six, thirty seven, something like that. I could see it hovering, growing right back up to around forty, and him just you know knocking that down. And because I think we're gonna see a little bit less ISO ball with him on the post yep. because now we do have Dennis. We're you're still gonna get it. You're still gonna don't worry. We're still gonna get the classic fadeaway and you know the post up. But it's gonna be great. It's going to be a little bit less since we have Dennis running the show and getting into the paint. And I think I think we'll see everybody's shoot. I think Wes is, you know, we've talked about it before. I think Wes's shooting percentage will go up too. But, yeah, I think another fun, steady season from Dirk. The only thing we hope is just no injuries. You know, we don't want that. And just uh, that sucked last year dealing with that. Because remember when we all got scared when he was out for so long and then it, it broke like right before the game? Mavericks meet, you know, PR something said that they were playing the they were playing the Chicago Bulls and everybody was freaking out. I remember that. Hell yeah, they're like, who's going to address the media tonight? All this stuff and oh my gosh, it was just a mess. And then it was hardly you know anything. That was one night. I don't know why, but I can't forget that night. It just it just you just felt like something was going to happen. You know, you felt like something big was going to come out. And I was like, is this the? Am I going to be here on the night that Dirk announces his retirement? Gosh. Speaking of Dirk's retirement, is this it? Yeah, I mean, I, I we've talked about it on the pod before. If you're new to the pod, then you know I have a whole big theory behind this. Yeah, that I've broke down before. There, I think you know it's just yeah. I think this is it. I think this is the 20 season, the market 20, 
Um, the market, you know, 40 years old. He's 39 years old right now. He's going to turn 40 during the season. So, it's their 40 in June. Okay, okay. Well, right after the season. So, like, just, I don't know, just the, the those numbers together. There's only one, one percent. Like, there's like 5%. I say 95%, but there's only like a small chance of why I could see him coming back. And that's if, you know, Dallas and what they're building for, Dallas, you know, hits the Grand Slam next summer. As far as. Or if this season is really fun. It's fun, but I don't know how much fun it will go, you know, it's going to be. Like, what's the most fun that it could be for him this year? You know, making the playoffs. And then winning a couple games in the playoffs, probably. That would be fun. So I mean, that would be fun, but I don't think I don't know if it's like worthy. It would it would just have to be a team that would have a shot at you know getting deep into the playoffs. So, and they could they they built that foundation. If 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 you want to say if everything goes right, and maybe we could do a pod later on. Like, what 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 does it look like if everything goes right? What does it look like if everything goes wrong? But like if everything goes right. If you want to say like Dennis Smith just kills it out of the gate, wins rookie of the year, is just automatically big time. You know, West gets back to normal. HB takes another step in his, you know, game. And Dallas, you know, they sign Nerlens to like fifteen million a year, and then all of a sudden you have all this cap space next summer looking at a free agent saying, We got the rookie of the year, Nerlens is balling out on a cheap contract and you know, if they do land like a big name I could see the possibility of Dirk coming back for that 21st season if he feels like, all right, this is a team that could make a run my, my last year. And but yeah, I think I think this year is it. But I think they will, will not address that throughout the whole year. It's always going to be, we'll see how I feel. Just like the past couple of years, we'll just see how I feel at the end of the year, and we'll go from there. I'm signed on for two more years. Dirk and I mean Cuban and Donnie and everybody will joke five years. Oh, he's got five more years left. He's got ten more years left. He, you know, that will be the whole charade. That'll be funny and for then, a month. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, if you're asking me if this is it, I I think it will be. Yeah. There's only three players that have ever played forty one or uh, played twenty one seasons. Do you know who they are? Dirk is about to play his twentieth season. There's only three that have played twenty one. Kareem. No. Robert Parrish. Robert Parrish is one of them. One of them just recently retired. Just recently retired. Just, is like just recently great? retired. He's on NBA T. He's on NBA on TNT. Shaq. He's got his own area. Oh, KG. KG. Oh yeah, I forgot about KG. And then the final one, the oldest NBA player to ever play, besides some guy from the forties. Andre Miller. No. <laughs> Close. No. Him and Yogi share the same first name. Kevin Willis? Kevin Willis. Oh the only gosh. players to play 21 seasons. Kevin Garnett, Robert Parrish, Kevin Willis. Dirk could do it. Hmm. And be by far the most effective one. Yeah. You know that argument we got to have on the pot? Well, we're not going to argue because I'm assuming we'll agree. Is and Mavs fans love to have this conversation is, you know, who's the better all-time player, Garnett or, or Dirk. That's always been a debate around circles. And it's always, you know, I get it to an extent, but I, I feel like I could shut, shut it down pretty quick that Dirk's the better all-time player, but 
Yeah, if we did that, I would have to. I would have to figure out the Kevin Garnett argument. <laughs> well, and then people just hate me. saying like KG's, you know, defense and you know all that stuff. Yeah, better all around player than Dirk and all bullcrap. Completely. All right, there you go. That was your more Dirk pod. I hope you guys liked it, enjoyed it. Uh, tweet us what you think. If Dirk's gonna play, you know, to twenty one seasons. If this is the final season, tweet us at Nick Van Exit at Isaac Harris NBA. We really appreciate it, guys. And we know that you guys are the day ones because <laughs> this is August and you're listening to an hour-long Mavs podcast. So, Or almost an hour. We're getting there. So, Shout out to St. Lazarus. Bro, we're at the 58-minute yeah. 58 mark. Well, some of so, that will be taken out because of the break. but Okay, never mind. But still, you better be happy for this. We're getting close. We see your tweets. We see them. Shout out, guys. All right, appreciate it. He's out. Boom.